In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. And welcome to episode number 98 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. I hope you're all feeling well and had a great Christmas. I don't know about you, but our Christmas day did feel like there was a little something missing. It was probably something to do with the barrage of bad news over the last nine months that we've all forgot to be genuinely happy. Or was it just us? Although the end of 2020 is in sight as is Donald Trump's tenure of President of the United States. I think everyone will be glad to see the back of that as well. Anyway, after that little whinge, um, back to this week's episode. Firstly, thank you to our new Patreon supporters. It's only been going for a few weeks now, but already we can feel the pressure is being taken off us somewhat. So thank you all for that, guys. And if you want to support the podcast, you could do it for as little as £3 a month, which is pretty much the price of a coffee. You can take a look on our Instagram bio, which is the Ministry of Arts Org, or I've also placed it on my personal Instagram account, which is MizogArt, M-I-Z-O-G-A-R-T. Follow the links in the bio, it'll take you straight there. Or you can go over to the old... Uh, www.patreon that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n forward slash ministry of arts there's several different levels of support any of them are fine and if you're not able you can support us just by leaving comments or sharing posts on social media anything's fine thank you either way but back to this week's episode episode 98 just a few weeks away from the big 100 this week's episode this week's episode is with a relatively new artist called Taya de la Cruz. On Instagram, she goes by the name Handwritten Art. 
And as that name may indicate, she painstakingly creates decorative artworks using handwritten microtext. And using her own words, Taya is a half Spanish, half Indian Londoner who was raised in sleepy southern Spain and educated in Gibraltar. She trained as an actress and found her way into visual arts organically. This podcast was originally going to be recorded, but got cancelled due to the first coronavirus lockdown. And then we didn't record it until several weeks after that. So please sit back and let me introduce you to Taya de la Cruz and her handwritten art. We were just talking about um, lockdown. Yeah. This was supposed to happen the weekend of, lo- or just after the weekend of lockdown, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I was supposed because to come out and see you in Essex, wasn't I? That's or, or either way. Yeah. But we was, oh, I remember I was at um, Atlantis Arts when we was sorting this out, um, and yeah, just that was just the day of lockdown, and then. Four months later, we finally, uh, we finally get to meet each other, be it over Zoom. Yeah, well, it's worth the wait, to be honest. Like, I followed your story for a while, and it's just really nice to be here talking to you. And thank you so much for having me on as well, because oh, I'm a very new artist. Welcome. So, hey, oh, you're more than welcome. <laughs> I mean, as I say, I don't, I don't mind where the artist is within the art world, where you know how well known they are, how little known they are. The thing that I like is the story behind each artist. Yeah, and what rung of the ladder they're on, it, it doesn't matter because they're only going to go up or down, depending on... Depending, depending on, on, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. And I think that's partly responsibility of, I think, why we do these talks, right? To share that mindset, yeah. to share the good stuff. Well, we've been recording for a couple of minutes, so I should mention, I'm with Taya de la Cruz. You just mentioned you're new to the art world. You are an actor as well. Mm-hmm. Well, if I just go into the first question, which is, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? Okay. Well, I think very few people listening to this will actually know who I am or what I do. (laughs) Um, So in a nutshell, I use microscopic handwriting to create very minimalist pieces Um, Thematically, my work looks at states of mind or states of being. I'm so inspired by stories of resilience, you know, people who have had all the odds stacked against them and managed to to pull through against the odds and against everyone's predictions. And then I like to delve into that a little bit deeper and look at what they had to do mentally to get themselves through that. So I know that my work has been sort of put into the mental health realm. And I don't know if I would go so far as to say that it's about mental health. It's more about embracing and embodying certain states of mind to get results from it. It's like I love biographies of of famous people, you know, where they... um, Oh, whose was I reading... I think Da Vinci's was the last one that I read, you know, by Walter Isaacson. Oh, he can lay out a story like no other. And it's just, yeah, that the way he had to think and the way he had to push himself was just, oh, it's just beyond me. And that's basically what my art is centred around. So you, you mentioned about microscopic text. Your text is microscopic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no yes. denying. Um, do you... You, you make images up from your text. Yes. Um, the text, is it is it just letters or is it text? Is it words? Is it a story? 
It can be either or. So if I'm creating something that has a pattern with the letters and the letters have to sit in very specific places in order to give it like an overall texture or look, then it will just be a, sim- a single word. If, yeah. um, you know, I, I get inspired by a poem or something, I could take the whole poem and then turn that into something. Or as I once did, I sat down and wrote out all of Emerson's essays because I thought they were amazing and I really wanted to take them all in. So I thought, right, I'm going to turn that into a piece. And I haven't put it out commercially or anything. It was just more for my own amusement than anything else. So it really depends on the overall look that I want to go for. Um, and I think given given the size of the writing, um, each letter, I think, is approximately just over a millimetre. So I think the, I try to measure it, but it's it's sort of there are no units that go that small. <laughs> but what have you, have you figured out how many you can get into a square inch? Oh, no, I haven't, actually. I kind of... Because that's how I size up my work, being with ah. the tallies, which aren't as small as yours. Um, but I have, I've worked out that a square inch is 180 single tally marks. Okay. So when I'm sizing up an artwork to fit it onto um, the paper, or sometimes when I do the, the drawings that need a specific amount of tally marks, yes. um, I have to sort of scale up the artwork so to figure out the size of a padlock that twenty five thousand tally marks fit on i just do 180 times you know so and so to get twenty five thousand. understood to come up with a scale that way um okay so... i might have to look at that further i know that the piece that i'm working on at the minute is a1 and that's near enough completely covered and i think that's two hundred and fifty thousand characters yeah. So, yeah, I might just have to scale it down then and have a look and see what the reverse of that is. <laughs> well, I've done one, the, the biggest one I've done so far was 70 by 50, and I filled the entire sheet up, which was one which was handcuffs behind the back. Yes, I've about, seen that one, yeah. That was about 85,000. <gasps> Good Lord. So, a similar size of paper for you is three, round about three times. Yeah, round about three times amount. that. It could also depend on the spacing as well. But I think if I'm doing it tightly packed the way that I normally do, yeah, wow, that's something. Where do we get our patience from, Gary? Like... Oh, <laughs> on years of being in jail, how about you? Oh, I, I don't. I think the only place that I have patience for this is this. I, I don't, in life in general, like my mind moves at 10,000 miles an hour. I'm yeah. quite impatient usually. But when it comes to this, I've got... And I've got yourself, it in endless supply. Do you get yourself into a sort of meditative state for it? Yeah. Um, it depends. So if it's a piece like the one that the series that I'm working on now, for example, um, it's it's just basically my diary. So I've had to make sure that there's no emotion in it whatsoever and get myself into a complete state of just no thinking for a few minutes and then pick up the pen and just let my mind go where it wants to go. Uh, I can't wait to show it to you because I know the concept is a little far out because it's all jumbled up because intentionally I don't want people to sit there and and read my thoughts. Um, And then the final pieces are going to have uh, like colour on them as well. So it's just more about interpreting words in different ways you know because one person could read something and take something away from it another person could do another thing and that sort of plays into the state of mind that something can evoke in different people 
But well, yeah. you just mentioned that you bring in colouring. You, you haven't used much colour in your work, have you? No. The, the sole reason for that is because no one makes a pen small enough in colour for me to use. <laughs> so I'm having to do this series at the moment on the iPad with the Apple Pencil. So whilst every character is still hand-drawn, it's all done on the iPad. Yeah. So I've got to get and those. And do you only sell out. your originals? No, I, I do prints as well. Because you print, you can turn into colour, can't you? Yes, but I don't know how I feel about that. It because could, it could be I, something I explore, but yeah. Have you seen my barbed wire? My, yes. Um, rainbow barbed wire? Yeah, I've seen the That's rainbow exactly overlay. That's how yeah. I've done that. And yeah. because I use gradients in mine, which you don't do in yours, do you? No. That helped me a lot because I've still got the form in mine, whereas yours is flat images where you use the smallest fine liner, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. There is something quite three-dimensional about your work. And I think the way that you did those overlays was really beautiful because it complemented it wonderfully. It could be something I look at in the future. Um, but yeah, if if I were to go, I have got so many ideas for series that are done with colour, but I think I'd have to start out with the intention that it's going to be in colour and make it just a little bit different. I don't know if some of my previous pieces would work in colour necessarily because they are so two-dimensional and so yeah. you know playful on negative space as well. Yeah. well when you, was your first interest in art? Oh, well, if we're counting the performance arts, <laughs> I've, uh, I've been doing that since I was 15. I got a record deal when I was 15 years old and from the age of 15 to 17, I was in a teeny buffer group, a pop group in nice. Spain <laughs> and actually quite famous for a couple of years. So we sang like big summer hits that were just everywhere for two years um, and that then died down as it does because yeah. those sorts of groups are never made to last. Then I went into acting and I've been doing that for 10 years as well. But visual arts is just something that I sort of fell into accidentally. Um, like the, the medium of handwriting has always been something that's quite prevalent in my life. I used to win handwriting competitions all the time as a kid. And even when I was memorizing lines and working on my character as an actor, the only way that I could really connect with the essence of that person was just to get it all down on paper first. Yeah. Just kind yeah. of build up that person on the page, then take it off the page and, and bring it into myself. Um, but with visual arts, I think the first sort of, like visual arts just wasn't a thing for me where I was growing up. Like I grew up in a very, very small town in the south of Spain called Gibraltar. That's that's why I speak English so well, darling. Um, <laughs> I, I went to school in Gibraltar. I grew up in a small town outside of there and then eventually moved there because it was just an easier commute. But just art wasn't a thing. I mean, the, the while there is a lot of money in Gibraltar, like I'm not from a rich or wealthy family. It's just not something that ever, you know, came into the circles that I moved in. Mm. And then when I lived in Barcelona for a couple of years, I just remember being taken to the Casabatio, or it's called La Pedrera commonly, by Gaudí. And my mind was absolutely blown. Like, I had no idea that, you know, something could be so beautiful and so functional at the same time. So I started looking into a lot of his sketches and how he played with light and how he just had this thought and this attention to detail that would go into something that would affect millions of people. 
And I think that was my first ever connection to the visual arts. And, you know, a couple of months later, someone took me to see um, the Dali. I think it's called El Caballo del Sur, or maybe I've just completely made that up. I can't remember what the name of the painting is, but it's this horse. It's not his big famous horse. It's um, yeah. another one that's made up of loads of little ink strokes. And okay. I, I don't know if subconsciously that plays into my work but I was just fascinated with the idea that so many little things could make up a big thing it's like its yeah. own little ecosystem and I think those were the two pieces that well all of Gaudi's work and his sketches and Dali just kind of stuck with me but I never thought I'd ever be an artist myself it's it's kind of born out of frustration as well as being an actor there's so little you can control because of the way that I look, because of the way that I speak, the roles that I go up for are, you know, corporate woman or lawyer or, you know, doctor or it's really disheartening to see. Yeah, you're but... no Eliza Doolittle, are yeah. you? <laughs> oh, I can be, mate. I can well be that if you want me to. <laughs> I lived in Essex for like a well long time, I did. <laughs> Stay away from Essex boys, by the way. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I started getting just quite frustrated that I never really get to play any of the characters that I'd want to play. So yeah. I just found this, you know, expression on the page and it hasn't really gone away since. Oh, nice. So <laughs> when when was it you realised that you wanted to be an artist? A, a visual artist, you mean? Yes, yes, sorry. A visual artist... That would be officially that I knew I wanted to do it when I applied for Roy's Art Fair a year ago and I got accepted and I did Roy's Art Fair and I thought, right, this is it for me. I want to do this for the rest of my life because it wasn't ever about going there to sell work. It was just about getting to talk to people about ideas, meeting other artists like, oh my God, other artists are just the best people ever. Like Excellent. in the acting world, if you it could go one of two ways that the actors are either really switched on and you have a vibe with them or they're just the most horrendous people ever <laughs> who literally just want to, you know, get parts and be famous. Um, so, yeah, as soon as I did Roy's, I was like, that's it. This this is the life for me. And I mean, you obviously had created some work up until then. Had you been dabbling with the idea of being an artist or producing artwork to sell. No. Um, what was the artwork you was producing? Like, even for Roy's Art Fair, was it just your own hobby artwork that you wanted to show and and it all fell into place? Um, no, I think the work that I took to Roy's Art Fair was, was stuff that I purposely created to sell. It was my first ever sort of proper series of work. But aside from that, it was... I'd been asked to do little silly commissions for people like they'd see my work and they'd see me doodling and just be like, oh, if you could write in this sort of shape, that'd be amazing. And like, oh, I'll give you a hundred quid for it or something like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? So at I literally was in a pub with one of my mates and we'd had a couple of beers and he was like, right, get on Etsy right now. Set yourself up an account. And that piece that you just sold me, you need to get prints of it up there. Yeah. So I just kind of put myself on social media and Etsy, um, never again, never thinking that I would apply to do anything, but saw the application for Roy's and I thought, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to I'm going to give this a go and I'm going to get a body of work together. And you know what? It's just been 
amazing since then. I never, ever, ever thought that I would have gotten the response that I did to something in only 10 months. Yeah. And it it was just at the right time as well. It was just before shutdown, wasn't it? Yeah, it was right before lockdown. So that was in October last year. And I'm so grateful that they're having me back again again this year. Uh, Are you there in October? Yeah, I'm there. Well, fingers crossed. Oh my God, we'll do the... Yeah, <laughs> touch wood, touch your head, touch everything. Um, yes, so I've, I now know how an art fair works and I now know what to be prepared for and I just can't wait. Are you going to be there this year? I, well, I was talking to Pratchy Gothy. She's there this year. Um, she, she's, um, I don't know if you know Pratchy. She was on the um, VR show. Um, yes, 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 um, yes, I yeah, know. She's doing her first show this year, which is at Roy's. Amazing. Because um, Roy was on the VR show yeah, as well. Yeah, he so was. We all, we all knew each other from there. Um, Roy invited me on to there. Uh, and to, he said I could still be a part of it somehow. Um, well, he's, he's asked if I could be a part of it somehow. We're just sort of trying to arrange something where I can maybe via the Ministry of Arts, yeah. you know, have, have a little presence there or... I don't know. We're talking about coming up with something. Okay. But it's yeah. it's a damn good platform for yourself, for, for yes. any new artist to be a part of these art fairs. Without question. And I mean, something like Roy's that is so... He, he, people are going to think we're plugging him here, right? They're going to be like, oh, these guys have been paid. To- <laughs> I'll, I'll edit this out and he, can pay me, and he can pay me for putting him in. Brilliant. He, he's an absolute legend. Like the whole he's team, the whole team is just unreal. And getting to be around, what I love about it as well is that there's such, the footfall that you get there is just such a mix of art yeah. industry and just people who have wandered in and they like what they see and they buy some of it. So it's yeah. great. But I've got some exciting, huge stuff planned for this one. Nice. I'm not going careful or small. I'm going big. Yeah. Excellent. And so you should. <laughs> yeah. got, you need a bit there for, a bit for everyone. You know, oh, yeah. the mark fairs. It's it's hard in in a couple of meters that you've got, you've got to try and show your whole range, which oh, yeah. appeals to people who have got a few quid in their pockets, uh, someone who's able to invest. Absolutely, you need to meet all price points, really, yeah. because do you know what art is for everybody, and I I've always been of the mentality. Well, always, I say in the last ten months. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I started Ever back in the good since, old days. Yeah, my first experience, if you will. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think what I took away from it is that I only had one price point when I went to Roy's last time. And I just thought, do you know what? I'm having so many students coming up to me and telling me that they love my work and they just can't afford it. That's never going to happen again. I'm going to have something there for everyone. So everyone well, can afford a piece of my work. that's where the print's coming as well, isn't yeah. it, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, definitely. It's, it's a good it's a good thing. Which piece that you've created has the strongest emotional connection with you? Do you know what? It's always my most recent piece. Perfect. Answer. Every work that I create, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And then I go back <laughs> a couple of months later and be like, what utter shit. Like, what I was am I thinking? So good at yeah. this. <laughs> I should Absolutely. have done this twelve months ago. Not I know, 10. I know. <laughs> Missed the trick there. What was I doing wasting my time in the performing arts when I've got, you know, <laughs> this talent? <laughs> so yeah. soon you'll be the artist who also acts. 
rather Ooh. than the actor that makes artwork. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. We'll. I'm not closing doors on anything at the minute, but oh, I definitely know not. where my heart is right now, and it's it's firmly a, within this. We need this. a lot of avenues at the moment. Oh my god, everything's we do. unpredictable, isn't it? It so and is. Then, yeah, and, and acting is a bit hard at the moment because there's there's not much being made, is there? Yeah, I um I was involved in something before lockdown uh, as a voice actor, not as um, a, a physical actor, but yeah, as a normal actor. So it was all yeah. voice work. And literally the day that we were due into the studio, just to literally do the final touches for it, it's called ADR, Additional Dialogue Recording. Um, we were told that's it. No, production's shut down. You've got to go home. We'll see if we can pick it up again. But the chances yeah. are that this is just going to get cancelled and we're like great so three months of work oh, that man. we we've done we've gone for something but at the moment though i think production companies and you know directors writers the lot really need to capitalize on the situation that we're in at the moment because streaming is now like the number one consumed content for everything and we, we've gotten so used to like looking at people on Zoom and stuff, just create a Zoom series, do something yeah. that's innovative. Um, yeah, so I I think people need to jump on board really quickly because if not, the industry is going to go south. Like nobody can go to the theatre at the moment yeah. or if they can, they can watch, um, I think, recordings or streaming of it. But yeah. actors are going to have to change how we think about things, definitely. Well, my children who are... 16 and 13 they would rather watch an american team doing something on their phone rather than a production you know a movie for I instance know. you know or, i know a tv series and i cannot get my head around it because I know. I, I, and, oh. and and so i shouldn't i'm i'm 52 my kids you know 13 you know i shouldn't be able to connect with them but she will sit there laughing at Whatever they're doing on telly, and I just cannot, I cannot associate with it. Well, it's about accessibility, right? I'm assuming your kids have got smartphones, and those smartphones don't leave their hands for the whole day, I'm guessing, mm. right? Whereas, you know, our generations, we grew up in front of the TV, and the generations before that grew, you know, listening to the radio. Yeah. So it's all about transferable mediums, but yeah, I... Do you know, I won't say who it was, but I got shortlisted for a casting for a major, major, major company in the UK. And they wanted me to record my part on an iPhone because their ad was literally just going to be like a TikTok video. So it was just going to be a series of, you know, people talking into camera. And they are all the rage now. Like companies have clocked on. It's like, oh, I can just pay off actors to, you know, sign over their rights and record the footage and save millions on production. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting harder for everyone, isn't it? And everyone's trying to sort of cut back and slice off the fat, as it were. Oh, but yeah. It, it turns out that, that it's only the people at the top who are going to make the money. And the, the music industry have found how hard um, streaming has affected them. Um, yeah. You it, would it, think it would make it more of an equal playing field because now everyone has access to the same equipment but do you know what you're right the richer are getting richer and the poorer are struggling to keep up tell me about it yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not one of the richer yeah <laughs> amen to that gary <laughs> see if i discovered this talent like 10 years ago it might have been a very different story <laughs> oh well you know <laughs> if your aunt had balls she'd be your uncle wouldn't she yeah <laughs> 
Welcome to my world. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. You're hilarious. <laughs> um, where do you go to relax? Or what do you do to relax? Answer whichever one you like. They are one and the same. I go onto the page to relax. It is literally the one place where I am. I don't know if you've heard of this, actually. You might have because you're an artist yourself. But there is this book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And yeah, so one of the daily practices for that is called Morning Pages, where you have to sit and write out three pages, uh, like stream of consciousness. And I was really skeptical. Like, obviously, I love writing. So I dove into that straight away. And I've got notebooks and notebooks in my studio filled with the shit that goes on in my head. (laughs) But you really tap into something when you're doing that. Like, some of the best ideas I've ever had in my life are when you're, you're, um, like, I want to call it your conscious mind. It's not, but it's almost like that barrier that just that, that logical brain just disappears and you get to have all kinds of ideas that come out on the page when you're not really thinking about them. And that's what I do with my work. So I'm a, I get up at 4.15 every morning without fail. Even when I've had a few the night before, I might have a lay until 6am, but I'm always up at 4.15. And my ritual is make myself and my boyfriend cheeky cup of coffee. He'll sit there reading his news on the iPad and I'll be there with my iPad just getting an hour in before I do anything else. And I really distinctively notice like a difference in my mood and my well-being if I don't have that hour just on the page. It's almost like you're just purging all the shit that's in your head. And then the rest of the day, I wouldn't say I'm calm and serene because I'm quite like a feisty go, go, go person. (laughs) But at least there's kind of just the layer of bullshit being scraped off and I'm just able to just be a bit more present with my day. I had that book recommended to me a couple of years ago and I bought it with the intention to take it on holiday with us or with the family to Spain. Yeah. I forgot to take it with me and it's been set up on the side Ever since. I've never got round to reading it. You really but need to do it, but you need so to commit many to it. Said that. Yeah, you yeah. need to commit to it. Do you know it was actually because of that book that I picked up a pen and started making art? Excellent. Like I'd always written just words, but actually turning it into something visual, it was because yeah. of that book. Because she was famous in another in another field, wasn't she? Was in screenwriting, yeah. It's a really famous book, isn't it? You know, like so oh, many yeah. artists. Not just visual, but it it applies to anyone in the creative world, doesn't it? Yeah, I came into it with the goal of getting more creative expression in my acting work because, well, to be a good actor, you really have to get out of your head. And I was just constantly thinking, am I doing this right? What's happening? So I got that book and lo and behold, this whole other side just came out of it. And I don't think that was by accident. I think it was meant to happen. And I'm just bloody going with it, Gary, because I'm bloody loving it. Good. What a a perfect way to make art. That is beautiful. (laughs) Love it. Um, The Delphian Gallery have just bought a a book out to help artists. Yeah, I bought it. Yeah, I'm halfway through reading it. They've got some really good little nuggets in there. Um, Yeah, like one thing that really, really, really stuck with me and I'm like, fuck. I have, oh my god can I swear on this you yeah okay like. sorry <laughs> <laughs> fuck um was about 
the transference of social media and how media platforms are going to change continuously. But one thing that never changes is your direct contact with your collectors and your clients. I was like, shit, that's so right. I don't yeah. put out email blasts because I think, why am I going to email someone when they follow me on Instagram? They can see what I'm doing. But yeah, there's so much good stuff in there that I just hadn't thought about. So yeah, I'm getting my shit together and getting everything ready for Roy's. Yeah. And, and a lot of the time, the little snippets like that that you come across, they're what you know already, but you just sort of didn't yeah. feel the relevance of them, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I was talking to someone on, um, uh, an artist the other day who's, very active and understands social media um, and how it works and the algorithms and all that sort of shit. Um, and I'm not into social media at all. I, I don't go on it a lot. I don't like it when I'm on it, to my detriment as well. Um, yeah, you've me, got great content. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I put it on begrudgingly, you know. Right, okay. Um, and, and he was just telling me a few little bits and pieces. And when I started doing what he said... I saw the reaction of social media, or I saw the benefit of social media, because there was reactions there. I've got a few more follows and quite a lot more likes, you know. Interesting. Um, it's an area that I think we all should know a bit more about. I definitely should know a bit more about it. That's what, who, I'm going to stalk the shit out of them. Who was that? I'm going to learn all their techniques. That was, <laughs> well, that was David Ian Brown. He was... Episode that's out. Yeah, at the yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually listening yeah. to that this morning. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I may have edited it out. You know, me and David was talking, and he was giving me a, a few little obvious pointers uh, to do with social media. And when nice. I started applying them, I saw the benefit of it straight away. Did you get Gita Josh's book as well? Yes, I have got it. I haven't read all of it yet. Um, I'm not great like in prioritizing my time because I know you should just like designate time for sitting and reading and time for whatnot but because I'm up against such a tight deadline to get finished for Roy's I'm like every free minute of my time is just invested <laughs> in in the game yeah yeah, yeah some, well, sometimes it's just not enough hours in the day or the week is there to, to get done what you want to do yeah it's got to prioritize um, talking of artists if there was five artists past and present what would your ideal group show be? Ooh. First and foremost, Lauren Baker. Her beating heart sculpture is my all-time, ever-in-the-world favourite piece of art. Okay. I, I'm so gutted that you can't find loads of footage on it. I think I found one YouTube video, and I was so transfixed at the movement of the heart and just there's something so eerie and wonderful yeah. about it. And obviously Lauren is an absolute babe as well. Like she's just, I, I've listened to her interview with you and obviously I follow her on Instagram and stuff and she's just an absolute doll. So it would be awesome to hang out with her and get to see she that stuff. She knows how to work a bit of um, social media, doesn't she? Lauren. She's great <laughs> on social media. Lauren's great everywhere. Like she's just, you know, when someone just has this presence and this aura about them, like she's amazing. Yeah. So to do a group show with her would be awesome. That's definitely she's like the bucket cool. list. Yeah. yeah. Um, another one would be Mr. Doodle. Oh he... yeah. yeah, he's cool. That is cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's only because I love that what he does is so simple. 
yet has he's just grown into this stratospheric yeah. artist now like he's done campaigns with Fendi with it's either Puma or Adidas one of the two and like oh he just seems like such a dude as well so yeah. he'd be awesome to <laughs> to hang out with um group show group show well I have to get a Banksy in there like of course yeah, Banksy is just, well, they, them, whoever Banksy is, is, yeah, just the king. And probably an Agnes Martin or Bridget Riley, just because yeah. they were the queens of, well, I don't know if you can call Bridget's work minimalism, but definitely Agnes. And I love the plays that, um, the geometric plays that Bridget uses and inadvertently have like some of her elements in my work as well. I just love to speak to them of a different generation who did something that's actually quite prevalent in today without us realizing it. They were just oh, absolute queens, the two of them. There's so many, like, oh, there are just so many inspiring artists at the minute. Like, oh, and how could I not mention uh, Sarah Emily Porter? Do you know her? Yes. Oh, my God. I love her work so much. Um, And, oh, there's just something quite wonderful about her and just the feeling of looking at one of her pieces so yeah i'd have to get have to get her in the show as well definitely well there's at the the stage you're on there you're going to be meeting other artists and discovering other artists and roy's art fair and art fairs in general yeah you're going to have loads of artists around you that you've not discovered yet and yeah just meeting them getting in in, um getting a bit of influence off of them and yeah it's a it's a great a great point to be i can't wait i don't I don't know if I'm quite there yet. I might be in a couple of years. I don't know. I might get lucky and get accepted. But the other art fair is definitely something that I'd want to explore in a couple of years. I've I've had a look at like the roster that's been on their last couple. Well, obviously not the one that got cancelled and such. But just some of the artists there are out of this world. And, yeah. you know, they, they haven't even been practicing for, for a great amount of time. And what they're offering the world is just amazing. Like, to be around those people... Well, it's on at the same time as Roy's Art Fair, isn't it? Yeah, and it's in the same venue as well. It's exactly. on at the Dream How cool is that? <laughs> so you're going to hopefully nick each other's punters, you know? Oh, yeah. I might corner Ryan Stanier and be like, Oi, my stand isn't set up, darling. Like, let me in. <laughs> um, doesn't cost anything to apply to be on the other Art Fair, does it? No, it doesn't. But I'm fully aware of, like, the calibre of artists that that gets accepted and they usually have I don't I know that I have a story to tell but I don't know if it's well enunciated enough or well formed yet to be accepted to somewhere like that because that's a place of big questions it's a place of big money and big collectors and I just want to make sure that I'm going to be up to the standard that every other artist is is going to be up to there as well yeah. I don't want to be the wink the weak link there I want to be someone who's like a strong game player so yeah. Yeah. I mean I know it's I know it's quite difficult to get on there. I mean the amount of applications they have anyway. Yeah. And then you've got pretty much a board to get past. Yeah, it's it's a, a little bit of hard going but it's not impossible. My no. mates got accepted, so I'm like, yeah. well, if they can do it, I can too. I just need to just refine a few little things. But yeah. But there won't be anyone else there like you that's for sure isn't it <laughs> i haven't come across many like i've i've seen a few handwritten artists but none of them do it quite the way that i do it like i know 
a lot of their flows are a lot more organic and all of my pieces are um, just so incredibly like every letter where it's placed is completely intentional and if I put a letter in the wrong place I have to start again it's just bringing like my whole philosophy behind it is bringing order to chaos like all the chaotic thoughts all of the chaotic actions they have to have their perfect place on one of my pieces and I haven't seen anyone do that with handwriting yet it's all been a bit more organic and a bit more freeform whereas I absolutely cannot do that. It would, oh no, it's like stroking a cat backwards if I don't follow my grid and follow my plan. Does that reflect your personality? In some areas of life, definitely. Um, I Everyone looks at my work and thinks like I must be a really neat, organised, controlling person. And I definitely am those things in some ways, but no. I, I think it's because there's so much of there's so little of my life that I can control uh having discovered that five years ago amid a health crisis that the things that I can control I'll do to the best of my ability and if it can just bring someone else a tiny little bit of peace and just like just the moment to be like oh that's quite satisfying to look at then I will happily do it yeah (laughs) well if you wasn't an artist what would you like to be what would I like to be? Oh, um, probably an architect. I don't, it's kind of the same thing, but I, I don't think I could ever see myself being anything else or, or maybe a lawyer because that's quite yeah. text-based yeah. and <laughs> you get to, to help people, maybe the wrong kind of people if I was a criminal lawyer. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, just kidding. Uh, no, I'll go, I'll go with an architect. I like to build things and make things and nice. create spaces, you know, that are functional, things that are functional. I think that'd be quite cool. Good. What dates are you at Roy's Art Fair this year? I, keeping everything cross, if it goes ahead, it will be from the 8th to the 11th um, at the Boiler House in Truman Brewery, which is a phenomenal venue. It is um, very good. Oh, it's I just can't wait to get in that space. I, I really can't. Um, and it, yeah, just see people again. And I know they're going out of their way to make it super safe and super, um, you know, protect protective for everybody. So if anyone's listening to this and you're a bit worried about going out to a big public event, like, don't worry, we got you. Yeah, yeah you'll be looked good. after. <laughs> Well, where can people see your work, be it online or your social media? Thank you for asking. My Instagram handle is at handwrittenart and my website is handwrittenart.com. I think I'll probably change it to my name at some point, but I get asked all the time what font I use and if it's generated by a computer. So I think maybe for a little while I'm going to have to really like hammer at home that this is all done by hand well, um, when someone's searching for you on social media if they put your name in it comes up anyway yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. no reason to change it at the moment once, yeah. you're a, once you're a household name then <laughs> change it then yeah. well if we're following my current formula we'll speak this time next year and I'll be like oh, Gary I, I'm too busy darling like, yeah, you yeah. don't even, even want to talk to me you'll that day on, will never come yeah you'll be on talk art that day will never come my love (laughs) let's hope not Taya that's all my questions asked amazing thank you very much for your time
Thank you so much for your time. It's, yeah, it, your podcast is the podcast I listen to because it's the one that I find the most accessible. Oh, I love the you. way that you talk about art and I love how accessible and how human you make it as well rather than being this untouchable, you know, industry that is really, really difficult to understand sometimes. Excellent. So thank, thank you, you so much, much for doing what you do. Oh, you're brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. There you are, Miss Taya de la Cruz and her handwritten art. She is one artist where reading a small print really is quite necessary. As you heard there, Taya is also an actor. And although visual artists have been hit pretty hard by COVID, man, it's got to have been absolutely awful for the actors. So the timing was just right for Taya. Next week is another artist who, at time of recording, had entered the art world within a year. And is also making her mark in the art world. Well, this is the last podcast of 2020. I know I mentioned it at the start, but I really would like to thank you all for your ongoing support. And I don't, <laughs> and I don't mean to get the violins out, but on this podcast, unlike most others, everything is done by one person. And it's sometimes hard keeping it to a weekly deadline. But I love speaking to these artists every week and, and all the kind comments, shares and conversations that go on about this podcast on social media genuinely do make it all worth it. So without you listening, I'd just, <laughs> just be sitting here like a div talking to myself. So thank you all very much and I'll see you in 2021. And like I say every week, on whichever platform you listen to this podcast, you should be able to leave a comment. If you could do that, that really does help us to get noticed and anyone out there looking for an art podcast. So, until next year, thanks for listening. Ta-da. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 